This is Phoenix FM. Thank you, Kat, and thank you to Ian and Stuart, as always. I have got the best show lined up for you tonight, my lovelies. Do stay tuned. It's now me, Karen Ridges, here on The House of Fun. On 98FM and online, this is Phoenix FM. Buster, he sold the heat With a rock steady beat An earthquake is erupting But not in Orange Street A ghost is preparing You got to help us with your feet I'm buzzing about tonight's show. Hope you've had a fantastic week. It's me here, Karen Ridges, from 6 till 8 this this morning, this evening, here on the House of Fun. It's going to be a jam-packed show. It's going to be a Brexit-free show. I know today is the day, tonight is the night, 
and to celebrate we are not going to talk about it and we are going to talk about iconic boy bands we are going to do much more than that though Joining me shortly is the absolutely incredible Meryl Osmond, the lead singer of the Osmonds. Absolutely iconic from the 60s, the 70s, the 80s, right up until now. And he's going to hang out with us. Aren't we lucky? He's going to hang out with us in about the next 10 minutes, telling us about his tour telling us what he's up to. We're going to ask him some questions. Let me know if you have any for Meryl. You've got to get in there quick, though. Maybe send me a Twitter or an email. Radio at phoenixfm.com is the best way to reach me. I'm going to be playing some great music, a little bit of 70s tonight in honour of the Osmonds. And we're going to be talking to another brilliant guest as well. Um, loving, loving the music I've got lined up. Really hope that you are going to chill out, maybe with a nice glass of red, and enjoy the show with me. Going to play a little bit of Madness as well later on this evening, and we're going to play some Elvis Presley. <laughs> FM. 
Absolutely love that track, the Rolling Stones, let's spend the night together, and we can tonight, well up until 8 o'clock anyway, here on the House of Fun. I bring you the best guests ever, I am so excited, we're going to be chatting with Meryl Osman just in the next 5-10 minutes, I am so pleased, he's an absolute icon, he's going to be coming to the UK for a 7 date tour, an evening with Meryl Osmond. we're going to be speaking to him, we're going to be finding out more, we're going to be finding out about his life, all what he's been up to and later on we are going to be speaking to and being joined by Scott from Five so we've sort of got one extreme to the other we've got one of the the biggest most original boy bands starting off in the 60s and right through to the iconic Five they've won tons of awards they had just such a brilliant career Still carrying on as well, in slightly different um, ways, I think, as well. They're doing their big tour, um, been on the stage, Scott has as well, been on TV, lots of incredible um, successes. And we're going to be speaking to both of them. I cannot wait. We're going to play some great music. I love the music that we get to hang out to. Let's go over to this one next, the Osmonds and Fingers and Toes Cross. We're going to be speaking to Meryl very soon. Stop them crazy horses on the run. Whoa. 
boys watch the girls while the girls watch the boys who watch the girls go by. I do I. They solemnly convene to make the scene. Which is the name of the game? Watch a guy, watch a dame on any street in town. Up and down, and over and across, romances boss. Guys talk, girl talk. It happens everywhere. Eyes watch, girls walk with tender loving care. It's keeping track of the pack, watching them, watching back that makes the world go round. What's that sound? Each time you hear a loud collective sigh, they're making music to watch girls by. What a brilliant track. Andy Williams, music to watch girls by. Love that. And as always, my lovely listener, you know that you and I get to hang out with the best guests ever. And tonight is no exception. I am so excited. Meryl Osmond, the lead singer of the world-famous Osmond family, arguably the first and one of the biggest boy bands in the world. Meryl was a global heartthrob throughout the 70s. In fact, Meryl, I know you're there on the line with me. I know you're still a heartthrob, aren't you? Well, bless your heart. Thank you for letting me be on. Yeah, hey, it's been a fun journey. It really has. Oh, and it continues to be as well because you've got more tours coming up. You've got a cruise coming up. I mean, I've I've looked over. Obviously, everybody knows the Osmonds. There's nobody on the planet that doesn't know the Osmonds. And when I just did a little bit more sort of, you know, research and checking into things today, um, you've produced 47 platinum records worldwide. No other recording artists have earned as many gold records in one year as the Osmond family. It's mind-blowing. It is amazing. I mean, there are so many Osmonds that, uh, hey, you know, there are 80-something grandkids now. Really? <laughs> I mean, Do they all sing? Are they all a bit musical? They are a little bit musical. Not, not Not one of them really has has come out to uh, to the level that the, uh, that the original ones have. Yeah. But... Uh, 
they're very good. They're very talented. They play violins, cellos, oh. they sing, they dance. So, yeah, we're very proud of them. Must be very proud. I mean, we, we, you know, you started to performing when you were four, 60 yeah. years in the industry. Who else can say that, Meryl? I know. It's a, it's a humbling fact. But <laughs> it, 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 it's true. I mean, we just started out singing barbershop harmony to earn some money to buy hearing aids for our two mm. older brothers that's how it all started and and of course it all it all happened when walt disney himself found us Gosh. and put us on the streets of disneyland and then the rest of its history that's amazing i mean that that went over to next was the andy williams show um, yeah. i mean andy williams we we just plays music to watch girls by yeah. Um, 43 albums he had, uh, 15 gold certificated um, and platinum as well, uh, nominated for six Grammy Awards. I mean, the, the, another incredible legend. And, and you, you started on his show after what's, Disney. What's fun about that, if you, if you look at the album closely of Andy's, you'll see our names on there because we sang a lot of the backgrounds on his album. Really? Yeah. Gosh. Andy Andy was one of a kind. He was he was a gentleman and he was a professional and he allowed us to have eight years on his show. Eight years, gosh. What age did you start on the show? Because we're talking tiny little kids, aren't we? Oh, we're talking thirteen, fourteen. Yeah. I mean what an experience to go to grow from it, it's just mind-blowing isn't it and i mean that's the time when i imagine the whole of america was watching the andy williams show yeah it was an amazing radio like we're talking 60 70 million people during those time frames and you know what was what was fascinating and this is why i have white hair now but <laughs> every 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 week we were challenged uh, on his show to come up to come up with something brand new it, it was tap dancing to ice skating to <gasps> playing pianos to playing instruments you name it we ended up doing it for eight years <sighs> and we have such a repertoire of all kinds of songs and and different genres of music that it uh it is it, a baffle you if you if you took the time to really research all of that do you look back and think, gosh, it was incredible? Uh, was it the, at the time, was was there a lot of pressure? Oh, tons of pressure. Mm. I mean, just to give you a little example, uh, we would start Monday morning, early, uh, uh, l learning our learning our music. Mm. We would we would go into the studios, and then we would go immediately into our classroom for school. Because we had to have at least three hours of schooling right, during yeah. the day. Yeah. Then we'd go back into rehearsals, and we would rehearse and get off around five o'clock at night, and then we would go home and practice until about three in the morning. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's what our day. That's what our days were like. That's exhausting. Oh yeah, for little kids too. I mean, the pressure mm. was intense. Oh. And our fa and our father, bless his heart, was a was a perfectionist. Mm, yeah, and he was an army sergeant. And so, when you're that young and you you, you have to be a professional at four years old, oh. it it sort of takes the toll on you. You know what I mean? Gosh, 
but I mean it's put you in good steed for yeah. an incredible career but I mean do you, do you feel that uh, you know you you might look back and think I just wanted to go and play on the swings and run around or was that not even an option no, that wasn't an option. Oh, Meryl, oh my gosh. We were in boot camp most of our <sighs> life. Wow. wow. But you know what? I, I got I to gotta say this, though. Yeah. Had it not been for a father and a mother like we had, mm-hmm. I don't think we would have accomplished half right. of the things we've done. Yeah. And I, I look back and I said, yes, I wish I could have. I wanted to be a doctor. That's what I wanted really? to be. Really? Oh. Yeah. And I'd study medical books here and there, but everything else outweighed it so much that I didn't get a chance to pursue any of that. But, but yeah, it's it's what it is, and we've been doing it for sixty-two years, and we're going to keep doing it until we get it right. Oh, no. Well, look, you've got a huge fan base in Europe and in the UK. Why do you think that the UK? love the Osmonds so much. I mean, we grew up with you. You you know, your big sister loved the Osmonds or your mum loved the Osmonds or whatever. But, you know, why does the UK love the Osmonds so much? You know, I've often wondered that myself. I think two things that that point out here. One is, hopefully they like the music. Hmm. Uh, But the second thing is, the family loves people we love our fans mm. and we and we try to give as much back as we can with, with the backstage autographs to uh, meet and greets uh, we we're not the kind of people that want to stay away from the fans we want to be with yeah. the fans and i think all of those years the fans the fans know our we call them friends mm. know that we're going to be there we understand them. We we we've been there, been there for them through their good times and their bad times. Yeah, and uh, we're going to stay that way. We're not going to change. So I think maybe some consistency about we're never going to change. We're going to be who we are. No, we're not phonies. Mm, I think yeah. they've looked at that and they said, you know, we can trust that mm-hmm. brand. Yeah, I love that. You've met some brilliant people. I know you've performed with Cher, which I saw. Um, I know you've met the Queen. Um, And I hear that Elvis Presley mentored you and gave you some fashion advice in the 70s. Oh, yes. yes. And changed the way you looked and then you stuck with, you know, the the incredible outfits, very 70s. Was that all because of Elvis Presley? Yeah, it was. We met Elvis a couple times uh, uh, well more than that. Our, we found out our mother knew Elvis Presley yeah. way before we even knew him. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. He, my mother was like his second mom. Oh. And uh, so th- there was many, many conversations there. But one thing he said to us that I'll never forget, he said if he had to do it all over again, yeah. he'd go out and meet everybody he could possibly meet. Wow. He loved people. He wanted to shake their hands and give them hugs. Yeah. That's what he really missed. And then he also said, when your fans start bringing their kids to the shows, then you know you've passed the generation gap. <sighs> and and that's happened to the Osmonds. And, but when, he, when it came to costumes, I remember the, the night he said, you guys need to dress like I dress. we got to wear the jumpsuits. 
and and we 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 did. We went and got a guy named Bill Ballou that did uh, did uh, did uh, Elvis's costumes, and he des- they designed jumpsuits for us. And then Elvis got us to meet Chuck Norris, the mm. karate guy. I was going to ask you about that. The karate. Yeah. I mean, he's the karate man, isn't he? He's the legend, he's Chuck the Norris. Legend, and, and he became our instructor. <laughs> So we're all in, we're all instructors in Kung Fu Do Korean Karate, and so we have the belts that go yeah. along with the with the uh, jumpsuits that, <sighs> that show the karate sign. Just so, incredible! Yeah, it's amazing. It's incredible. I mean, the Osmonds. You know, you were not a manufactured group. You wrote, you played your own records. You know, and, and from a very young age. How do you feel now about being called? You know the the original boy band. It's humbling. I mean, if you think about it, I mean, we were what we were, and we did what we did, and then to find out that others wanted to copy that, and it became what it was. It's just we're grateful. We're very humbled about it. That's amazing. And you're touring now, an evening with Meryl Osmond, so people can come and hang out with you. Yep. And 17 dates. And I think you're coming to Essex, you're coming to Clacton, not so far. You're coming to Holborn, which is over, just over the road to us, really. What can people expect from hanging out with you for the evening, Meryl? Well, you know, having been the lead singer for all these years, you're going to hear every hit we ever did. Oh. You're going you're to see a lot of video, memories of what it was like back when. Um, you're going to hear some new songs mm. that the, 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 the fans haven't heard for a long time. Mm-hmm. You'll hear a lot of stories, a lot of reminiscing. Uh, but it's all going to be very high action paced to the to the point where we won't even let you get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <We're> gonna... <laughs> Don't We're... drink too much before you go and see Mariel. <laughs> Anyway, having been a producer of TV and mm. stuff all my life, I've learned to create a show that builds a lot of emotion and then gets you excited and makes you cry a little bit. Just walk you through a whole 60-something years of what the Osmonds have been through, and it's, it's just a pleasure. That's wonderful. How do you feel about going on stage now? Is it is it still exciting, or do you feel nervous? Or is it just, oh, I'm going on the stage in front of loads and loads and loads of people? There's a lot of emotion to that. I, I, I've always been somewhat of a nervous person, a lot mm-hmm. of anxiety, but today it's, it's not that. It's, it's, much, it's, it's more like I just want all the technical stuff to go right. Mm, if yeah. the technical stuff goes right, I can get through most any uh, problem that comes up. Or, uh, you know, and you, and you get different types of audiences. You get people to respond to things uh, that you thought they would respond to and others that don't respond. And right. So you have to work your way through for a two-hour show with a lot of different emotions and stuff like that. So it keeps you on your toes, mm. that's for sure. Gosh. And what about your new CD? Is that going to coincide with the tour that you're doing, or is that going to come after the tour? It's it's coming after. I'm doing a lot of uh, original writing and putting things together that are 
I've always been in my heart that I want to write. I'm, I, I'm, I'm a rocker. Uh, mm-hmm. Those that know me, I, I love rock and roll, and strong rhythm. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm writing stuff like that again, and not a lot of synthesized music. It's just a more of a rock sound band. And um, it's it's being in the process of being written now, but it won't be in, it won't be on the on the tour. Okay, so it'll be coming later. Something else to look forward to. And you're there writing you you're writing a book as well. What's the book about? You know, it's going to be behind the scenes. You know, I've had so many experiences with everybody from John Wayne to Elvis Presley to wow. you name it. Paul McCartney, who gave me a bass. Oh. Uh, it's going to be stories like that, firsthand experiences that have been quite unique, to say the least. And I've kept a journal for so many years, and it'll be part of journals. It'll just be my personal opinion on different different issues. So I hope people will like it. It's going to be hopefully entertaining. It sounds incredible, and I want to ask you who your inspirations are. I mean, lots of people would say the Osmonds have inspired them, but I wanted to know who yours were. But you've met some incredible people. It must be impossible to even pick who has inspired you. Elvis Presley, Chuck Norris, Paul McCartney. It's incredible. <laughs> I would, If I had to pick one person that me the most it would be McCartney because he he and the guys were very they had variety in their music they they weren't afraid to try and do different things mm. and that opened up the eyes and the ears of a lot of people and I think in our lifetime the Osmonds lifetime with the Andy Williams experiences and all the music we've written We've tried to introduce a lot of variety of sounds and different styles and different genres, if you will. Mm. And uh, and but I'd say McCartney. First of all, he plays the bass. I'm a bass player, mm. so we we both basically write the same way. We write with cassettes, or we don't we don't play the keyboards as much as the bass, and and that's the kind of way I write too as well. But uh, oh, there's so many I could I could talk about. But you've got to buy the book. I mean, yeah, here you go. Got to buy the book. Zeppelin <laughs> really influenced us too. Who do you listen to when you're just relaxing? I, I find this fascinating, especially with incredible bands and singers that that I I'm very blessed to speak to. And I just think, you know, do they listen to their own music when they're relaxing? So would you put on, you know, the Osmonds or some of your music, or do you like to listen to different people? You'll be surprised with my answer. Yeah, it, I put on symphonic music. Mm. I. Um, I'm, I have a, an organization which is called Serenity. Mm. It's a place where it's a holistic approach to life in general and getting away from reality and all meeting up in a location where we can have uh, new techniques introduced to healing and health. And, and we've been doing this for a few years, and I just love the whole idea of relaxation and peace. Mm. And with that kind of music that, that attends it, it really, really magnifies it. And so that that ignites me. That ge- that keeps me uh, thinking straight. 
God, that sounds wonderful. Do you is it you, you run events with Serenity? Yes, we hold them about two times a year. Do we have to go to America though, or do you have them over here? Oh no, we have we have the Serenity. What what is Serenity? September. Yeah. And April here in the UK. Oh, okay. And we'll, we'll put a listen, we'll put on the listen again link, we'll put a note to it's merylosman.com and hopefully I think we can find all the information on yeah, there as yeah. well. I want yeah. to come along, Meryl. I'm going to come along to Serenity. Oh, you have to. I'll tell you, if you want an experience that, that can finally get you out of your place where you are, if you're stuck, if you're stuck someplace and you want to get rid of that, Come to Serenity, and we have uh, we have the, the greatest uh, speakers. We have music, music therapy. We have I I do a lot of talking and singing and anything, but it's a neat neat thing. You can find more about it on themerylosman dot com. Mm-hmm. That sounds amazing. I know I could talk to you all night. I just have two little quick things that I really would like to ask you. I know you're you're running a cruise. You're doing a cruise. Could you tell us a little bit more about what that's all about? You know, this will be my 100th cruise. No! Yeah, 100 cruises. We love it because, number one, it's a great form of relaxation to, mm. be, to begin with. Uh, it's, a fan to, it's a fan cruise, so... There's going to be so many cabins for the fans to buy, yeah. And they're really going fast, and it's 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 fun. I, I I do a lot of questions and answers. We do games. We look at old footage of the Osmonds. We reminisce. We uh, do excursions together. It's it's one of those things that if you really want to get away and have some fun with the Osmonds. This is the way to do it. Oh, that sounds wonderful. And it's all on MerylOsman.com. We'll put a, on the Listen Again link, we'll put a note to your website as well. Um, and I wanted to ask you, now Boyzone had a hit in the 90s with one of your biggest uh, tracks, your biggest successes, I think from 1974, Love Me For A Reason, yeah, written uh-huh. by Johnny Bristol. I mean, do you like their version? Do you prefer your version? <laughs> I absolutely love our version better. <laughs> oh, no. no I, 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 I got to know those guys. They're awesome. Of course. And I love their version, too, because the song is is such an amazing song. Everybody can sing along with it. Mm. And it's, it's, it's uh, one of the largest selling records we ever had. Yeah. It's wonderful, and it's one of those, you know, you hear it, because I listened to it this morning, and I can't get it out of my head now. It's such a great song. (laughs) It is a good song. Oh, Meryl, I feel so blessed. Thank you for hanging out with me here on the House of Fun on Phoenix FM. It is an absolute joy. You're an inspiration. What are you going to do now, then? Are you going to go and put your feet up on this Friday evening? I am going to sit down, and I'm going to have a dinner. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to watch news. Yeah. And then I'm going to watch late night movies. Oh. And I'm going to exercise. And I'm going to go to the spa. Really? Gosh. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm going, I'm going to bed. <laughs> I believed you. I know you did. <laughs> no, I just want to say also thank you to all of those that are listening. How much we, the Osmonds, love you. 
thank you for supporting us for all these years. We hope we never let you down. You won't. That's absolutely incredible. Well, Meryl, what song shall I play next? I've played one dedicated to you earlier by Elvis Presley, so I have another Elvis Presley lined up, Can't Help Falling in Love, and I also have Boyzone, Love Me for a Reason. What would you like me to play for you now? I sing uh, the Elvis song. Yeah. (laughs) I sing that song in, in my concert. I pay tribute to Elvis singing that song too so why don't you play that one i will do thank you so much i hope the cruise is a wonderful success serenity sounds amazing and maybe if you're popping into essex on your travels you know the door will always be open here on phoenix fm on a friday with me karen ridgers so maybe you could pop in for a cup of tea and we can find out more about your incredible stories i would I i would love that and i'd love to have you come to the show I would love to. I'm going to be there. All right, my friend. Thank you, Meryl. Pleasure. Thank you so much. much. Have a lovely evening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Wise men say Only fools run But I can't help falling in love with you. Shall I stay? Would it be a sin if I?
is Karen Ridges, inviting you to join me for the House of Fun this and every Friday evening from 6pm for two hours of great music, lively chat and some awesome guests. We're across Brentwood, Billericay and surrounding areas on 98FM and online to the world at phoenixfm.com. Join me, Karen Ridges, for the House of Fun, Friday at 6pm here on Phoenix FM. Little bit of Boyzone, Love Me For A Reason, originally performed 
by the Osmonds. And what an absolute super guy. What an honour to speak to Meryl Osmond. Do, if you haven't, if you've just tuned in and you're thinking, oh, I've missed Meryl, don't worry, you can come over to phoenixfm.com in the next couple of days and we'll put the Listen Again link in there. What an absolute lovely guy. More great chat coming, more brilliant music. I'm buzzing about tonight's show on the House of Fun. If you want to drop me a line, find me on Twitter, Phoenix FM.
Phoenix FM. Love a little bit of Dolly Parton and Jolene. I am buzzing about tonight's show, my lovely listener. It's just before seven o'clock. As always, I bring you the best guests in the world ever. And tonight really is no exception. Five, Scott Robinson and the team. Scott is here in the house already. We're going to be finding out all about five, an iconic, another iconic boy band, can we still say boy band, Scott? Well, let's say man band. We say a man band. Because it was in the 90s. He's still doing brilliant stuff. And we are lucky to be hanging out with him here on the House of Fun. Um, I'm going to play this one. And then, really, we are going to go over and chat with Scott. <laughs> are coming my way And if the sun shines a meaning You're telling me not to let things get in my way When the rainy days are dying Gotta keep on, keep on trying All the bees and birds are flying ah, Never let go, gotta 
Love that. Five. Keep on moving. The tune, that. It's a tune. <laughs> Scott, you would say that because that's your tune. Well, do you know what? It's still, it's, it still sounds great to this day. Like, you know, and I thought I'd have been really bored of singing it by now. I'm, uh, I just had my 40th birthday last year, at late November, and uh, still singing that song pretty much every weekend with, with the lads and loving every minute of it. It's fantastic. Oh. That's brilliant. I want to read out this bit of blurb from your lovely team. Five featuring Richie Neville, Sean Conlon and Scott Robinson. You you were originally formed in 1997 by the same team behind the Spice Girls. True. Now, you sold over 20 million records. Yeah, it's not bad, is it? That is not bad. (laughs) You've won a ton of awards. You parted hard, is that true? Well, some of them did. I didn't didn't really. The truth comes out, but you gained a reputation for being the bad boys of pop. Do you know what? That was Simon Cowell's uh, brainchild, that was. Was it? Yeah. So basically, he wanted to put together a boy band with an edge. Yes. And so he wanted to paint this picture that, you know, five weren't squeaky clean and stuff like that. But really and truly, all of the... All of that was dramatised. We'd um, be in the press that we were like backstage fighting with uh, Westlife and stuff like that. And we were the best of friends. Really? So you'd five and Westlife would be, you know, having a few drinks together and having a laugh together. And we was laughing at the press, really, that they were saying like, oh, you know, the bad boys of pop hate the squeaky clean Westlife and stuff like that. And like me and Brian McFadden were like really, really close friends and still are now. Yeah. And, um, and obviously he was with Kerry Katona at the time and, and I was with my wife 
who was my girlfriend at the time, Kerry. And, um, you know, we'd just sit back at stage laughing at the fact that, you know, we hated each other. It was fantastic. Oh, my God. Well, look, it all started, as far as I can see, with my little notes here. In 1997, there was an advert in the stage. Don't know why I didn't see the advert, because the stage was my Bible. But you saw the advert in the stage... And it was asking for male singers, dancers to audition for a boy style group with attitude and edge. And they were the guys, as we said, behind the Spice Girls. Now, I don't know if you know this or you probably do, but Russell Brand was auditioning. I, I, I do know. Brand. Yes. You I, beat Russell Brand. Yeah. So I, I do. I'm a, I've, I've, you've got the right member of Five In, really, because I'm I know all the facts. Like if you oh. ask Richie or Sean these questions, they go. Like Sean will go, I don't know. <laughs> You'd have to ask Scott. Like he hasn't, he hasn't got a clue. Um, so yeah, Russell Brand uh, did actually audition. He yeah. he tries to deny that to this day. Does he, he says, "Oh no, I must, I, I must have, uh, must have had a few drinks that day. I don't remember." Yeah. Um, he was definitely there. I remember him being there. Yeah. Um, that band would have been very different with Russell Brand in it. I Can mean, you it was edgy enough. I don't think we needed Russell Brand added to that Can mix. Can he sing? Does he sing? Um, yeah, Brand? do you know what? He does sing, yeah. Because yeah. he's um, an Essex boy. You are yeah. an, an Essex man, I Yeah, he, um, he he does sing. it. Actually, it was a couple of years ago, uh, he didn't he open the, um, the oh, what was it, the Olympics or something, and he was singing on top of a big coach. Amazing. Yeah, he's got, he's got a I nice voice. Him. Obviously not quite as good as us. Because of he course didn't, not. He didn't get in. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, that 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 audition was actually in the stage. It was labelled the Spice Boys. Yeah. Did, did we want to audition really? for the Spice Boys? And I remember saying to my dad, "I don't want to. I don't want to be in the Spice Boys." But what it was that was a God. like a, a tool to yeah. So you could see, wow, you know, if it's the people that put the Spice Girls together, it must it must be good. And I remember going down in my um, in my grey Kappa tracksuit with. Um, with my hair in a French crop, like every other Essex boy out there, with my Reebok classics on. Oh, that's so um, cool! Yeah, Love and, it. Well, it, it, I thought it was cool at the time. It was absolutely <laughs> horrendous. Um, <laughs> I looked ridiculous. Um, but yes, I went down, and uh, the audition was pretty much like it was like X Factor about the cameras. So Simon Cowell was there. It was you know obviously everyone knows that that's his brainchild, X Factor. So it was it was exactly that without the cameras involved and um how did you feel then because you were what 20 something no 17. 17 17 i thought you were about 20 so you're 17 you got on the train at pitsy i did yeah. got on the train at pitsy who was you with i blagged two of my mates to go with me oh. um i can still name check them so yes. my best mate uh nicky monk and uh, dan brown i said then they weren't singers or anything like that they were just my mates from school and my dad um i was only 17 but Let's say I'd had, I'd had a few Alka Pops the night before, maybe, just maybe, and I wasn't really feeling this audition. And um, he said, listen, you've got to go to the audition. He said, you never know, it might, might change your life. He was right, wasn't he? <laughs> and, um, and I said, right, I'm only going if I can take a couple of mates with me. And he said, yeah, phone them. So they come down with me on the train and they waited outside for me. And shockingly, thousands and thousands and thousands of people there and Jay, original member of Jay, was number 21 in the queue. And I was one behind him, number 22. Because um, I got there early and there was like hordes of p 
people behind us. And I heard Jay go in. He sung, <laughs> he sung "Everything Changes But You" by Take That. Now oh, everyone knows Jay great. from from Five. He was the he was the hard man, yeah. the rapper. And uh, he wasn't rapping that day. He was singing, <laughs> he he was singing Take That. Oh, love it. Um, but. More embarrassingly, I went after and sung um, Nothing's Gonna Change My Love For You by Glenn Medeiros. Um, when I got to the high note, I thought, I've nailed that. I've done really well there. Um, and then it was through to the uh, like the dance bit where we had to stand and they put a track on, like a, you know, like a ballad or whatever, or a dancing number, and you just had to sort of dance to it. God, that must have been... I mean, if you I'm stand not a, there and I'm not sing. a dancer. No, listen, I mean, I'm not a dancer. I know I sort of blagged it. Oh, I know but I, to stand there and dance. Yeah, see, see, singing was my thing, and I knew that I could, you know, not being arrogant, but I knew I could cut it with the singing. I, You know, I, I was quite happy with the way I sounded and stuff like that, but dancing was just never my thing at all. Even though I'd gone to... Um, I went to Sylvia Young Theatre School, so... That's what I was going to say. Yeah, I should have... You were like the triple threat from Pitsy. Well, yeah. Singing, dancing, y- acting. Yeah, so acting was, was up there with the singing. I've always loved acting. I've done a little bit of acting, you know, through the years, but dancing's not my not my jam oh, no. at all and jay was literally at the front break dancing no. spinning on his head he was quite incredible at doing doing all the dancing and stuff and i was thinking oh well he's got in and um and i was literally not moving <laughs> like at all like what was you doing do a little bit what, i was what, literally you know was where it? you just sort of stand there and wave your arms no. back and forth like real dad dancing like real bad but I oh, couldn't bless. and no rhythm whatsoever That's you ask 17. my wife honestly no rhythm whatsoever <laughs> and um, and so it, they later told me that obviously it was the it was the singing and the the uh, the cheeky chappy like person that I was that yeah. got me in the uh, in the band you know and because uh, they had the kind of the idea was to put the Spice Girls together in that sort of male form so in their eyes they had a you know, a sporty spice and a cheeky spice, and this, you know, and, and that's how we sort of formed. You know, mm. all the different personalities. Yeah, the personalities. Together, yeah, um, you know, forming obviously five, which is wonderful. What What did you like the best? I mean, it's obviously not the dancing. I hated because you've gone on to do different TV and different tours and. You know what? What do you like the best? Is it recording your tracks? Is um, it I, I quite performing live? I quite enjoyed the recording aspect yeah. because you know I always wanted to be a recording artist, and it was you know an amazing thing to be in a studio environment with yeah. the the best in the business. I mean, we were working with the biggest producers in the world. You know, straight away, um, we're very lucky to sort of been propelled straight into it. Um, a lot of bands sort of when they when they start up, they they go on like school tours and they're trying to do all these like things to try and get known we were literally chucked in straight in the deep end yeah and we within a week of being in the band i was in sweden recording our first single you're joking no like literally we were we were chucked in a house together in surrey and um and i was a young 17 year old like i wasn't i was a little still a little bit wet behind the ears really like i'd, I'd only ever been away from home for a little while when I, i'd been in the fringe doing the edinburgh festival i was in a show there and um, that's the only time I had ever left home. Mm. And uh, yes, yeah, so it was very daunting. And then all of a sudden in Sweden, recording with people that the Backstreet Boys recorded with and stuff like that. And it was like, wow, this is gonna, this is gonna be big, you know? Did you did you know that it was gonna be as big as what five? 
were in a, in a way in a way yes because when you've got someone like uh, Simon Cowell sitting there and he was he's but the he same he wasn't as big then yeah, no was he, he wasn't he was just a record company executive then but yeah. you could tell he had yeah he had this this real aura about him he, you knew he was going to go on to big things and, 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 he, and he said he, he would he said you know I won't be sitting behind this desk for much longer but he had he had plans and mm. you look at him now it's quite yeah, incredible yeah. Um, and he was saying you're going to we're going to sell you a five album deal you're going to do this you're going to do and we were we bought into that and we were like right and I remember leaving that that audition so, so the first audition was um, where Russell Brand was and the second audition it was meant to go on for weeks and weeks and weeks and they'd put us into groups, all of four and one of five, which was us. Mm. And they were trying to get rid of one of us because they only wanted a four-piece band. Oh, really? Yeah, and um, and our dynamic just, they couldn't get rid of one of us. It was working from day two. It was, the, and they sent everyone else home that day. They said, we've found our band. And then Simon Cowell sat there and said, you can't tell anyone that you're in this band. It's got to be top secret because we want to come out with a bang. I mean, I had to go home and pack a bag and leave my family. Oh, yeah. What, at 17, what did your mum and dad say? It was, well, they were the only people that knew. I mean, like, so my, my now wife, Kerry, was, you know, I, I couldn't, uh, I was like, I had to sort of tell her in secret, like, I'm, I'm going to be going away. I'll see you in a couple of weeks I'll be back blah blah and you know obviously 20 years later we're still we're still together you know um and you know it's quite incredible to sort of up and leave straight away and just and just go it was it was very daunting 17 years old oh it's just mind-blowing and I mean you've got kids now four, that are older four than kids that. I know yeah. four, but they're older than yeah, what so, you were could yeah. you envisage any of those no but, right okay or? right so starting there so my um I've got four four children Brennan is 18 um so obviously the first and then we've got Cavan, who's 13, and we've got twin girls now um, who are six, Bobby and Katie, who all the kids are absolutely incredible. Um, but Brennan has just, he's gone to uni, uh, so he's, uh, I won't say what uni, but he's, he's out there doing doing his uni thing. And that's daunting. And he didn't leave until he was sort of 18 and a half. Yeah. If, he, couldn't, he couldn't even butt a toast at 17. <laughs> I mean... Like, but could you have done? Um, you did Do you know what? A, a tiny bit more than... Yeah, no, I mean, the 13-year-old, Kevin, can make himself a bacon sandwich. Yeah. Brennan would walk into him and go, I can't believe you can do that, Kevin. That's amazing. You know, like, he really wasn't that ready. Oh. Um, but it does. He, he's now... He's living on his own uh, up there, and he's, he's doing really well, and he's... You learn to fend for yourself if you've got to, don't you? Mm. If, if you've got mum and dad doing anything for everything for you all the time, oh, you, yeah, of course, you don't grow yeah. up. Are they and musical at all? My mum and dad. No, no. Oh, you're, you're I was going to say to my mum and dad, oh, no, <laughs> no. My, my dad can't hold a tune in a bucket. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, they are actually. So, so Brennan is really, really talented. Um, he's very clever. So I, he might be the milkman's. Um, <laughs> But, you know, he's, he's very, very clever. And um, oh. so he must get that from, from Kerry because I'm certainly not uh, academic. Um, so he absolutely aced his, um, his exams and his, his A-levels and stuff like that. And I think he's the first, first Robinson to ever go to university. So that's pretty impressive. Um, but he's so musically talented as well. He plays guitar. He writes amazing songs. Um, and, uh, and he sings as well. And I've never put that on him you know and uh and to his credit he's actually you know he's studying psychology and he's sort of putting that 
to the you know the forefront at the moment. And uh, but I actually think, without even being biased, I think he could be a songwriter. Mm. I, I really do. He's he's very talented. And then you've got Cavan, who I've only ever heard sing in the shower um, through the door. Um, I'm not standing there like a weirdo when he's in the shower. Um, and he's got a really nice voice, but he won't he won't let me hear it. I, and I, I've been saying to him for for about two years now. Can I just hear your voice, please? Because I th- I think it's really good. And uh, he go he gets all embarrassed. He goes, No, no, I'm not singing. But I've just found out he he, he has to sing at school um, when he does music. And I'm like, well, I want it. I want to hear that. Yeah. But he's like, I'm not going to sing in front of you. You're a singer. Oh. Yeah. So. But oh. the girl, and the girls love singing. That they've they've been yeah. listening to Frozen Two songs all all oh eve, my god all evening. I know Lovely. all of the words. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do they do then? You know, when they look back and see Daddy when he was seventeen, eighteen, and see you singing and in your brilliant you know pop videos. It's what a weird think? one, really, because so when obviously when Brennan was born, I was literally still in the band, still in the thick of it. And um, and we, he was six and a half weeks premature. So Kerry went into labour when, and I had to phone the boys and say, Kerry's gone into labour. And I, I think we was flying to Sweden. Because it was six and a half weeks early, they were having none of it. They were like, you just want the day off. And I was like, no, honestly, she's gone into labour. And, um, and she did. And, and he was in an in a incubator, like in neonatal for about two, three weeks. And my mindset completely changed. I was like, right, this this person that's just come into the world is means everything now. See the UK or top of the pops has really gone down the pecking order of, of what matters. Yeah. So they were trying to get me to go to these different places and oh we'll we'll get you on a on a you know a jet plane, we'll get you on a concord to go here, go there. I don't care. I just want to be in the hospital with Kerry, make sure she's okay, make sure my son's okay. So that's so the day after five split I got married to Kerry. So it was like ending one life and starting a new one, mm. you know, and it was it was incredible. And, you know, we've had, you know, we've got four beautiful children. We've got, you know, we've got the works. We've got the the dog, the children, the car, the house. It's, it's lovely. Couldn't oh. wish for much more. How did you feel then all those years back? Did you, you know, you were living your dream then, you're living your dream now slightly different with the dog and the kids yeah. and the car and everything what was it like going back as that 17 18 year old and you're you know you, you were in the wings of your concert and you've got the crowds of people i mean it's just mind-blowing to think of it of any age and especially well, yeah, at I such mean, a young age we as, as i said earlier we didn't do like things by halves we didn't do the small tours we didn't do we didn't start with a theater tour we the first the first show that we ever done was um was a radio one road show and we were not meant to be played on the radio we were just meant to be like supporting and they loved the song which was slam slam dunk da funk um and and we performed that and then the very next show we done was at, at arenas you know so which Could anything a, prepare you for that? You know, you've um, done your training at Sylvia Young. You know, you you must have wanted to perform. Yeah, performing. That's what you wanted to yeah. do when you was a kid. But to be prepared to be in front of... Nothing can prepare you for it. But I think it's either in you or it's not. Yeah. Um, I think you can be a rabbit in the headlights and, and you know, go under. Mm. Or you can do what we did. 
and that was just go wow this is what we're meant to do and we we were and it's been very well documented we were a car crash backstage you know we we at points didn't get on that well and it was it was tough because and it wasn't that because we did get on at, at points and, and I loved parts of it I really did but we were worked so so incredibly hard that when you're tired you don't like anyone do you you don't really like yourself oh God, and you're like no. I'm so tired just yeah. give me some space but I you know even saying it myself on stage it didn't matter what was going on backstage on stage we were we were at the top of our game, you know, and it didn't matter. We, me and Jay used to, you know, fight like cat and dog. And then that camera was switched on or that, you know, that curtain opened, as you say, and we were 100% there, professional in it, you know, performers. You know, it didn't matter. We, he, he was an incredible performer. We all were. It, was, it worked so well. Mm. Yeah. Scott, I've got loads more questions. I hope you're not rushing back to Pitsy quite yet. Well, you know, when, when I'm finished, I'll just... Because I, I think Kerry might be listening, so I'll just say... We've got to you, play Kerry a track. Yeah, oh, well, right, so can we play any track? Well, if I've got it, love. You, you, I've got a good library here. You must have You Make Me Wanna by Usher. You must have that. I, I must have that. Because I that is... search for it. That is pretty much her favourite song I mean, I'd love to say that it's a five song, but she, she um, but it, it's, she, listen, poor girl has listened to that enough. Um, she's been to so many shows all across the world. She's heard people moving as many times as I, as I have. Um, so Usher, you make me want to, this is for you, Kerry. Oh, lovely. Well, look, we'll, we'll dig that one out. We'll play that Perfect. next. Line, lined up next, though, I, you, well, I heard earlier that you like... Peter Satira. Oh, I love Peter Gloria, Satira. Glory of Love. And Richard Marks right here waiting. Yeah. So what one would you like next, especially for you, Scott Robinson from Five, and then we'll play Kerry's track afterwards. Oh, do you know what, Kerry? Also, she'll, she'll yes. kill me for saying this. She also loves Peter Satira, Glory of Love. And, and we was listening to it. The truth is coming we, out. We were listening to it about an hour ago. So, yeah, play that. Well, this, goes <laughs> out. this goes out to you, Kerry. You listen to me, Karen Ridges here on The House of Fun with my wonderful guest, Scott Robinson from Five. Breaks my heart to see 
Phoenix FM.
lovely track. And that is especially for Scott Robinson. And should we dedicate that to Mrs. Robinson? Yeah, do you know what? I used to listen... I'm going to sound really, really soppy now, but I used to... I'd be on the other side of the world sometimes, and Kerry would come... I'd I'd drag her along to so many shows because, I, you know, I really, you know, really missed her and obviously was... You know, wanted to be together young, you know, you know, being in love so young and stuff like that. And um, if she ever couldn't come, it'd be that song I'd be listening to, sort of, you know, staring out of a window in Australia going, oh, I really miss you. And, I mean, the only thing I, I regret is the phone bills. <laughs> Uh, honestly, honestly, I would get I would get down to hotel receptions and they would say, um, "Here's your phone bill, Mr. Robinson." And I'd have only been gone like two days, and my phone bill was like two and a half grand. Or Shut something. up! Yeah, oh. honestly, like literally, we would talk through the night. Oh and like, my god! And, and and literally, she'd be like, "You'll be home in a couple of days." Yeah, like, a couple of hours. Like, yeah, like what's, what? Are you, oh are you all right? God. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, we just got talking about food. We did. Should we talk about you, you well, I will talk about whatever you want. Because I saw something about you, and I do want to focus on the music, and I want to find out about your inspirations, and I want to find out about your tour, because I want to come and see you. Oh, well, I'm, sh- I'm sure um, I can arrange that. Oh, I yeah, say, I re- I reckon, fabulous. I reckon that can work. With, with the, the other boys, should we say hello? We've got A1. We have. We've got Damage. Yes. We've got 911. You've and, got, you, you've, and five. And, of course, needless to say... Fine. Yeah, do you know what? It's going to be a really good tour. When you, you list them bands, instantly... Takes I, you back. I, yeah, it takes you back. And But I hear so many hits there. Yes. There's so many so many number ones on that tour. Yeah. Well, I have lined some up. Oh, good. So hopefully we can squeeze them in in the next half an hour. But I want to come to your tour. We'll find out all the dates and everything. Hey, but my glasses flipping off and on. Do you wear glasses? Oh, don't. I meant to. Oh, I meant to. It's the worst thing. I, I, I'm, I'm sort of. This is. I'm sort of too vain to wear them. I am. Yeah, I'm. But oh. I've got really bad eyes. I've, I've actually got. Can you see me? Yeah, a tiny bit. <laughs> <laughs> a tiny bit. I, I'm not sure. Is there three of you here? It looks like a whole crew. Um, oh. Yeah. No. I've. I've got some sort of condition of the eyes and it, it's not great i yeah. want to get mine lasered but i'm too scared well i can't get them lasered oh. because of this it's called it it sounds like i'm saying kerikotona i'm not mm. caracotonus has it have you ever heard of that no. so it's a condition of the eyes where if you're unlucky enough mm. you can go blind oh, which is amazing stop. come on amazing but you know there's always you know i could sit behind a piano that i can't play and, pl- and pretend i was stevie wonder so you know we don't have to worry too much um but oh, Scott Robinson, you do make me laugh. You are such an Essex guy. <laughs> Just a joy having you in the studio. Now, I read about your food condition. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm going to I mean, loose- that's just... I was upset to read I'm going to loosely call it a condition. I'll tell you how it yeah. come about. So, I, I've never eaten any food. I've always been very, very fussy with my food. Um, and it, it's a nightmare for, for... You know, imagine... Kerry having four kids and then a, almost like a fifth child in me and she'd have to cook everything plain for me like separate meals mm. because I was scared of onions and scared of peppers and I wouldn't put she wouldn't be able to put them anywhere near my food she wouldn't even be able to blend them into my food because I could scared of the textures of was, food. The, was it the texture textures yeah more than the taste did something happen when you were little then yeah it got so it, it goes back to a 
I don't want to talk about it no. though, in case it brings it all back. <laughs> Please, no. play another song. No, no it, um, it, it goes back to a tuna tuna sandwich that my nan, bless her, she's not with us anymore. But um, so I used to, and it is a re- really weird one because I'm so fussy. I should not like tuna because it's got quite a strong taste, but I, d- I do. But I like tuna with malt vinegar. And now I've upgraded to pepper because I'm really double hard now. <laughs> um, but yeah, but loads. I used to. So if you drown it in vinegar, you can't really taste the the fish. You well, it just it. must yeah. taste like vinegar um, pate. Yeah, it's sort of. Um, but my granddad had the salad cream, and he nicked one of my sandwiches and then replaced it with one of his. And I ate the. I, I mean, I, I am actually struggling to talk about it now. I ate the salad cream and tuna sandwich, and I. And I was, I was really, not well. Yeah, I. How old were you then? Scott? I was seven. I don't know, seven, eight, around that. I, don't, I just it, it, that kicked off everything with us being scared of food, mm. and I would then I wouldn't eat anything, and I was. I mean, and to this day, I will, I will get to what I'm doing now, eating wise. But to this day, I would literally run from a, a bottle of salad cream. I'm. I'm still to this day at 40 years old, no. a fully grown man, no. scared of salad cream. Mental. Oh my God. But yeah. But I've been hypnotised now. Which I is, love it. Yeah, it's been hypnotised. Where did you go for that? Um, is, it, is it local? It, it was local. It, uh, it, was, it was local to me, uh, a place called Benfleet, which is very mm. close. Yeah, very yeah. close. And um, I went to a local lady there, and I was a, like a non believer. Mm. So my wife, Kerry, um, was scared of flying after the September 11th thing, you know, in, in the attacks in America. She was just petrified of going on flights. So I'd book, you know, a flight and she would like, she would cry. She she was so, so scared. And um, she went for two or three sessions with this, uh, this woman who does this, like, it's like, it's called key work and something else with the brain. And um, within three of these sessions, like 30 minutes, we were on a flight to Budapest and she was no. she was absolutely fine. And she hadn't flown for like 10 years or something or more. And so I had a gig over in Budapest and I was like, well, should I book you on? And she was like, yeah. And I was like, wow, this is incredible. And I was thinking, she's going to get to the airport, she's going to start panicking, she's going to start, you know, all of the things that she, that, you know, the fears and stuff are going to come up. She, was, she didn't batter an eyelid. When, I got the, when we got there, she was fine. She wasn't fearing the flight home and stuff like that. So I said, I wonder whether it would work with my, with my food. So I went for five sessions. Mm. And uh, and on my the day of my fifth session, I ordered a curry. No. <laughs> I'd never had... I got a few mates around. We had a curry and I was... I was so, tucking into. Did you did you think this is the first time I've eaten it? What's it going to be like? Or did you just think I'm going to eat it and it's all got, it's it, all good? W- what what she done was she cleared the decks and said you will try things and make your own mind up like like as if you've never tried it before. And I probably hadn't tried because I was so scared of it. I wouldn't mm. have tried it if there was an onion near it. Wouldn't have gone, gone near it. Um, and I was eating them, going, and I wasn't scared of the texture, and I and I quite liked the taste. And I was like, oh. And I mean, I'd never even had broccoli, carrots, green beans, uh, anything like that, parsnips. And now I eat, I eat the lot. That's fantastic. How do you feel about it? Do you feel like you've beaten it? I feel like a grown-up. Oh, <laughs> no. um, I'd I go to that. I'd go to restaurants and go, um, oh, 
so I'd like the lasagna, but can I ask you a question? And they say, what is it? I say, is it riddled with onions? And they'd say, well, there are, there are onions in it. And I'd say, oh, no, I don't want that then, please. Give me a plain burger with nothing in it, just mm. literally. And I'd put smothering ketchup, and that was a lot. I mean, I didn't, I didn't actually put pepper on anything until I was about 38 or something. <sighs> yeah, and now, yeah, so I'm living the dream now. So now Kerry, bless her, she can cook. She cooks us these amazing meals, and I'm not scared of them anymore. Like That's so, fantastic. I'm putting the peppers in. Oh, what no. would you say for for my listener that you know they might feel like that? They might know someone like that. Is it something that you really can beat? Well, well I mean, I would have said no, you know, until I had this done, and and, and I would say now, like, I couldn't believe it. I, even in the in the fifth session, I was thinking, I'm not going to go and order a curry. This is not going to happen. I'm scared of food. But something happened in that fifth session, and and I walked out, and I was like. Do you know what? I'm I'm actually not scared. So I would say if you've got, you know, even if it's to you know to quit smoking or to do something, I would definitely go. And with the fear of food, it has changed my life massively for the better mm. because I can now go to a restaurant and be normal. I'd say, can I have that, please? I've still got a few little things, white sauces I'm not great with because of the salad cream. I said I've, I don't think I'll ever get over that. Mm. Um, I don't. I'm not tucking into salads. Mm. Um, I just, well, do you try? Because you were, t- I were talking try, early. Yeah, I try now. Yeah. I try, and then I. I mean, I tried cucumber, and I just went. It tastes like dirty water to me. <laughs> all <laughs> that it ta- all that it tastes like is just like. <sighs> and then someone said, "Oh, there's a cu- what about cucumber?" Water? I was like, it, "That's just worse." Now I just taste like I'm drinking mud. <laughs> like it, it's not nice, is it? Cucumber. Yeah. It doesn't. T- I mean, do you like cucumber? Yeah. Oh, gherkins. Oh, I love them. I love everything but celery. Celery, oh, so I, I don't like. And it's a thing. I went on a press trip. Lovely lady. I remember you, Karen, if you're listening. Hello. And we realised we had the love of hating celery. And it is a thing. And there's even Facebook groups for people that hate celery. It's vile. That, um, it just tastes so bad. But then... Would you put it in foods? I couldn't f- even the smell. <laughs> See, so listen to me now, because let me tell but you. it's only celery. No, I'll eat anything else as so, long as it's vegan. So if you, like, so wouldn't you cook, like, because, like, say you're cooking a, um, like a steak or something. You can but put, I'm not like, going to cook a steak, no, I'm a vegan. No, no, but, no, but, but, but you, can, yeah. you can cook, like, they're very good, it's very good no. in foods. So my wife chucks, like, Loads of stuff. Can't buy the smell. It's really maybe you should listen. You know, I should go and get. You should go and get sorted out because (laughs) I'm a grown up now. You know, maybe it's about time. (laughs) Well, you told me about your son as well, who's turned veggie. Yeah, so Brennan's been a veggie for about actually no, a vegetarian. Been a vegetarian for about eight nine months, and I, I I'll be honest. He, he said it whilst eating a pepperoni pizza mm. nine months ago, however long it was, and I thought he's not going to do it. Like I, I did, and which is really horrible because he, he said he was going to do it, and I didn't actually believe he would. And so um, credit to him, he stuck. He really had stuck with it. And, um, and, and I said, why? I said, you know, is it, you know, about the animals and what they do to the animals? Blah, blah. And he said, no, it's about the carbon footprint. And I was like, fair play. And you know, he, he always tells me, don't use. Um, you know, reusable bottle. You know, make sure you keep the bottles and stuff like that. Don't keep on chucking them away. So um, fair play to him. And he's and he was quite fussy eater, and that mm-hmm. sort of broadened his horizon um, now because he's eating, 
you know, loads yeah. of foods that he wouldn't have eaten before. Have you? Have you tried any of his veggie foods? They might be vegan friendly. No, Joe, what? I, I, is that so the next I'm step? Good, no, no, because obviously you just said you're a vegan. I don't get it. I don't like like. I, I say to him like one step at a time for you. You've just come over. Well, no, because I don't. Years no, of maybe I'm a little bit ignorant to it because I'm like, it, well, you're not eating a sausage, are you? You're eating corn. Don't call it a corn sausage because it, <laughs> it's not a sausage. It, and he said, well, yeah, of course it is. That's just the name of it. Like it's not. And I said, well, don't call it a sausage. Get your own brand. What would you say? <laughs> what would you call to I, make I, it appealing? I mean, here's you, here's a long shape thing. Yeah. I, what would you here's some here's <laughs> something pretending to be a sausage. <laughs> here's something pretending to be chicken. <laughs> Oh, but no, seriously, <laughs> it's a really big step after all those years. He I, thinks I, he's going to be a vegan. That's what yeah. he, he's oh, ne- okay. his next step is. Yeah. He reckons in the next month he will be a vegan. Well, I'm happy to help if he wants any advice. Well, I mean... 25 I, years as a vegan? 25 years. Yeah. See, I would say now it'd be really easy to be a vegan yes. because yes. there's so many and yeah. there's so many vegan-friendly places but and even more so now popping up everywhere oh it's, it's um, crazy which is which is yeah. fantastic yeah you know, which you know I, I really think it's brilliant because mm. obviously it's the right thing to do um but um i can't see myself doing it but because i mean you can't i mean is it like you can just eat carrots <laughs> like, like like do you just eat carrots all well, day just not? really whatever you eat i eat a version of that's animal free that's it Everything, so pizzas, burgers, curries, just doesn't have meat in it. That that's it in an easy nutshell. No milk. I've soy milk, almond milk, see, see, hemp milk, yeah, see, coconut Bre- milk. Brennan says that. Um, what's the second one you said? Yeah, there's a thing now that, about uh, almond um, milk, um, so I'm going to look into that as well. Yeah, he's, he's tried. Yeah. yeah, he's tried. He thinks it's. He says it's amazing. Soy milk's really yeah, good. Yeah. Um, oh no, I've mm, no. No. Oh, I mean, I don't even like long life milk. <laughs> Like, ke- like Kerry, all, like got a carton of long life milk in the fridge, and I'm like, it's just I'm not putting water in my water. Like, just stop it. Just give me some, give me some full fat milk. Come on, Scott, you are funny. Who inspires you when you were that 17 year old thinking? I want to be on the stage. Who who did it for you? Was it the Osmonds? Because we had Meryl Osmond on um, earlier. I mean, seventies. Yeah. Well, do you, no. Do you know what I? I did. I, I used to listen to the Beatles quite a lot. Um, I loved the Backstreet Boys. I mean, like, yeah. and, and then went on to perform with them. You know, on the wow. same stages of them, and yeah. like, you know, which was incredible. Um, you know, one of the people say like a pinch yourself moment and stuff like that. But I'm, I love. Like real singers, if you know what I mean. Like mm. someone that's gonna, you know, I, the boys call me like the cheesy eighties um, ballad man. You know, I, you know, listen to the two songs we've just played. Like I, I really love stuff like that, and um, I love Phil Collins. I absolutely mm. love Phil Collins, and uh, you know, with, with Genesis and stuff like that. And I would listen to that all day long. Um, and Queen. I mean, obviously we oh, we, we went on and, and done a song with with Queen and took it to number one when they took it to number two. What an incredible thing that was. Um, got a great story about about um, my, so <laughs> I hope my dad's listening because he'll kill me for this. Um, <laughs> no. So we, what's your dad's name? Mick. Hi Mick. Hope um, you're listening. Or, well, or Michael, but Mick. Yeah. Um, so he used to drive me around uh, 
you know, like in the band, I got, I basically got him a job driving me around and he was getting paid by the record company. It was great because he was part of it and mm. it was really nice. And um, we were going to Roger Taylor's house to Oh, what, do, Duran Duran? No, Roger Taylor from Roger Queen. Taylor Queen? Yeah, <gasps> Queen, yeah. Oh. Uh, and we were going there to rehearse. Um, we were playing Party in the Park. So we were playing to like 250,000 people in London with Brian May and Roger Taylor. And um, so we're going around his house which is an incredible house. And uh, my dad was like, oh, I'm really nervous to meet him. I'm really nervous to meet him. And when he met him, he thought, I said, just, I said, he's a normal geezer, dad. I said, just, just say, all right, Rog, and it'll be fine. I said, I said, you don't call him Rog. I said, of course I call him Rog. It's a bit loads of time. All right, Rog, you've got, you know, <laughs> <laughs> where's, the, where's the toilet, Rog? I'm an Essex, but you know, no, like, where, you yeah. know, you all right, Rog? And um, he, my dad sort of shook his hand and done this weird sort of bow curtsy thing. It was it was in the middle of a bow and a curtsy, and I've never let him live it down. Oh. And and his little nervous face, oh, like but he was, they're ledges, aren't oh, they? Yeah, they're, but but this is, of course, um, Queen and any member of Queen or any member of that something that iconic is a legend. But they're just a normal guy, mm. and once you strip it away and go. They're just like us. They're normal people. They like that more. Mm-hmm. You'll get on. You can have a good relationship with them if you if you're all standoffish and like, oh my god, that's that's Roger Taylor or that's mm-hmm. Brian May or that, that whoever it is. Then it, you freak them out more than mm-hmm. the other way around. Whereas if you just go, just that's just the guy yeah. who's in a band, and that's how I want people to approach me. Like no, 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 I'm not nowhere near the level that that they were, but. People come up to me like I'm like a oh, oh my god oh my kids just got from five and I'm like look I'm just a normal bloke just you know having a pint normal you know and that's how you I think you you got to approach people. That's lovely. I I did actually meet and and interviewed Brian May. We did a bit of filming together. And, what a um, lovely man! What very wow. gentle man. He's yeah. about eight foot nine. Yeah, well, he's we, just well, gone he's, vegan. He's not eight know? foot nine, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Brian May he's is tall. not eight foot nine. <laughs> <laughs> he's not taller than Peter Crouch. Because <laughs> I've met him, <laughs> but he is very tall. Um, he's a really he's gone vegan. Okay, yeah. so um, so he's eating, he's eating carrots as well. <laughs> <laughs> Loads of them. What's this tour going to be like then? It's we, we spoke about it earlier. Um, you know, it, you're going all around. You've got A1. You've got Damage. Are you all mates? Nine one one. Yeah, Joe. You know what it was. You, you're um, touring everywhere. Dartford. I mean, I love the Dartford Theatre. Really it is nice, such yeah. a lovely theatre. So we say big hello to the Dartford uh, team as well. You're touring everywhere. You're, you're in Southend in March. Twelfth of March. I London. Think. Yeah. You know, you've got new places. Brighton. What What's it going to be like? Joe, you know what it's it's pretty much going to be a, like a. For the fans, it's you know they're party tunes. They're really, really good songs on on this tour, and we've been offered other tours. You know, we work all year round anyway, and when this opportunity come up, we've been we've turned down quite a few other tours that we've been offered with the wrong lineup. And I, and I won't oh, really? mention and I won't mention them yeah. bands because I wouldn't want to offend anyone. But yeah. for us, it, it needed to be a good show. It wasn't. We just didn't want to be a part of a show and we do our bit and yep. the rest isn't good. Yeah, we wanted it to be a great show. Yeah, and when I looked at the bands, obviously knowing them as well and being friends with the guys yeah. from all of the bands and worked with them over the years at different you know different you know arenas or theatres over the, you know all over the world. Um, I was like, this is the one. 
this is the one that we should be doing. So we we straight away when we see the lineup, we were like, yeah, it's um, it's going to be really good, and the fans will really buy into it. Um, so I just thought, right, we've got to do it, and uh, really chuffed. So we start on February the fourteenth in mm-hmm. Yeovil, and then we yeah. our second show is actually the Dartford show, so yeah. it'd be, be quite a fresh fresh one that. And uh, it's it's close to forty dates up and down the country, so yeah, pretty uh, pretty grueling. Just what are you, are you going to stay? Is there like a tour bus that you um, stay no, on? No, I, I sort of said I sort of said no to the tour bus because mm. I I love being at home. I love being at home with the, with the wife and the kids. So I will either travel them when I can, obviously school depending, um, and. Um, and I'll be doing a lot of stupid drives, like from, oh, no. you know. But I wouldn't have it any other way, really. I think uh, there's a there's a fine line. Obviously, there will be some days where I just yeah, like when I'm in Scotland, away, I, yeah. I'm just not going to get home. Yeah. Um, but when I can, or when they can come up on on the train or, or drive up, they'll be doing it because one, they love watching the show, and um, and I don't like being mm-hmm. away from them because I, just, I think it's important to yeah. be be together all the time you know so um and they love it they absolutely i mean the twins now are even they're beginning to they're six now they just turned six in january they're even beginning to they know the songs oh when are we gonna when are we gonna watch we will rock you again daddy um and when I, mean, I had 10 years off when brennan was sort of growing up so I, I was doing bits and bobs but i wasn't working with five and when the big reunion come he got to see it firsthand as so we we done it again and we were back on the big stage. It was incredible. I mean, I cried on the stage seeing his reaction to what I was doing. And it was like, you know, he watched, he's, he's watched me at the Hammersmith Apollo. He's watched me at the O2. He's watched me at Wembley. And I never thought I'd do that again. So I never thought my kids would experience that part of what I did mm. and I thought they would just only just see the videos and sort of go oh that was cool but I wish I could have seen it yeah so did you really think then that that wasn't going to happen yeah I mean it looked it didn't look, it didn't look likely I was I was going out as a one-man five mm. and I was singing all the songs and I remember phoning I mean I'm going back years I mean I, I remember what year it was I've it was like 2009 or something. I was, I'd, I'd been going out for a good few years doing it on my own. And I phoned Sean and I phoned Rich and, and Abs. And I said, they love it. I said, like, I'm going out. I said, I'm earning good money. I'm doing the songs. They're singing them back. They absolutely love singing them. And for a while, when I started doing the gigs, I wasn't singing five songs. I was singing um, songs that I thought were cool. Because I turned my back on five a little bit, and I was a bit like, "Oh no, they're not cool songs. I'm cooler than that." So I was singing the fray, and I was singing, you know, um, Arctic Monkeys, and I was trying to be too cool. And mm. I was singing these songs, and I wanted people to appreciate them songs and me singing them and my voice. And 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 do you know what Kerry, Kerry said to me? It's great, but sing a five song. And I said, "No, no, no I don't want to." And it, and I done few shows and then I said oh so, all right, I'll do one do one five song so I'd sing the song that wasn't a five song and they would like it and they'd appreciate it but then I would sing a five song and they'd go absolutely oh. mental and I was like and then before I knew it I was taking songs out and then it just turned into a five set and so I had to learn all the raps and I'm, I'm I am a rapper now because obviously I Jay and Abs aren't in the band I've taken over all the rapping so I'm a rapper and a singer now um but so I had to learn all the raps, which is very, very different way to to perform, you know, different breathing techniques and stuff like that. And 
and I remember phoning Abs and saying, "Look, you need to get a piece of this, mate. It's going really well." He joined me, and he was doing, you know, he was doing the stuff, and he was in a bad way at the time. You know, he wasn't doing great, and uh, so that gave him a lift. And then that's pretty much when the big reunion come knocking, mm. and from that moment, we just never looked back. That's fantastic. Yeah, it's been incredible. And are they all on board? I know there's. Is it Jay and Abs? Jay and Abs, yeah. They're, they're doing their own thing now, aren't they? Don't, I mean, unfortunately, we d- don't see them, don't hear from them. Um, and what, at what, that one point when you were just there all together, so close, close. Yeah. Like, it was a family, wasn't it? And you were there on the stage. Yeah, it, well, it is, sad, a, sh- it is it? a shame, but I, I don't, I'm not bitter towards no, them. Of course because not. at the no. end of the day, they don't want to do what I'm doing and, they, and they'd probably if they'd done it they, maybe they wouldn't enjoy it um, mm. I'm loving it um, it's it's so nice because as I said earlier back in the, the interview you know there were times when we didn't get on and stuff like that because there were so many pressures and we were young boys mm. and we didn't know and we didn't know what we were doing mm. now me, Sean and Rich are in this band because we want to be. Mm. And it's a joy to go to work. Mm. You know, I can't say that too much. I like to tell Kerry that I'm all this really hard work. <laughs> yes. I, don't, I don't want to say that it, I am having <laughs> loads of fun. Um, no, on, on a serious note, it is. It's like it's like meeting up with your mates and, sit and, and singing a few songs that everyone loves. Mm. And, and what's lovely is... You know, Kerry can come along and, you know, come backstage and, you know, talk to the other girls and, and, have, and have a nice time. And it's like a family, even this tour, mm. it's going to be like a sort of mini crash, really. There's, everyone's got kids mm. and, you know, everyone's got kids and everyone will be backstage. It's going to be fantastic. I love it. I love that. You got the tour. The Boys Are Back tour featuring 5A1 Damage 911, an evening of late 90s boy band nostalgia, four of the era's biggest pop bands take to the stage. Is it, what's the website? Do we just Google The Boys Are Back if you tour? Go, if you go on um, The Boys Are Back uh, yeah. tour, it, it all comes up and um, you can Lovely. book the tickets online. I mean, when you read it out, mm. it's a show that I would like to go and of see. Of course. But I can't, so I'm, I'm never going to be able to watch it. Because I'm, you're there Because I'm there. <laughs> um, but it, it is, it sounds, it does sound really good. So I'm really, I'm really proud to be part of it. What, what's, what, you're going to do this? That's going to be the focus for the oncoming months and months and months. Have you got plans for after this? Is there something, is there, you know, you'd like to do a CD or you want to get back on you know the what? stage we, in a show as such we haven't got there's not time in the diary to, to record new music do you know what we and do you know what in a weird way we don't want to and the reason why is because when you we recorded about two years ago maybe three years ago we went to um, back to Sweden and we recorded some really cool songs and they sounded amazing and no one will ever hear them we done them for ourselves because we wanted to get in the studio and write but we just wanted to you know there's a an itch we needed to itch you know mm. and we done it but we real, very soon realised that even though these songs w- were really good people don't want to hear them they want to hear the old songs mm. and if we go on stage on the tour and we go right this one oh this is a new one off the new EP that we're releasing next year there's going to be a lull in that, so even if it's a fantastic song, because really and truly they want to hear mm. the nostalgia. They want to be 
young again. They want to feel like when they didn't have the mortgage. Oh, tell and, me about yeah. it. And yeah. and they want to. It was a time when they were foot loose and fancy free, and yeah. and remember their you know what got them excited when they were younger. That's the, the bit that we're focusing on. Mm. And I think and what it does is when you do new music, I think you become quite. You're doing it for you. Yeah. And we don't we don't need to. So we are straight after this tour, I think there's about a week off and yeah. then we go to Europe and doing a European tour, not with the boys back, just um just a five uh, thing over there with uh, some other European acts and stuff. Um, that's an arena tour over there in Sweden. Yeah. Then we go to Copenhagen mm-hmm. and then we're looking to go back to Australia. So we are busy. It's yeah. very exciting. What's the website? And I'd love to put it on the Listen Again link as well. Then we're going to play your wife's track. And I'm going to have to play another five track next week. I, I we've reckon, run out of time. I reckon what we'll do is you'll play a song. We'll yes. dig out this website because I haven't got it in front of me. And we'll dig out the website for the thing. And then we will um, we'll have a look. We will. We yeah. will. And it's five. You can just Google. The boys are back tour. 5A1 damage. Scott Robinson's been absolutely awesome. Lovely Essex guy. Go and give them your love and support. This one goes out to Mrs. Robinson as well. Kerry, thank you for tuning in. And I'll see you next week. Love you lots. Bye-bye.